Blog Talk Radio. Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson Glad to be here on this Tuesday night Here in East Tennessee uh, Football's about to be in uh, men's and boys' Around the country is about to be in full board strength here in the next week or so. Um, I do, you know, here of late, been able to catch a few of the preseason games, and uh, I've, I've really, honestly, uh, enjoyed them. I don't know any of the players, but, you know, just watching these guys uh, really hustle and, and play uh, really hard and trying to make this team is really – to me, it's pretty, pretty much refreshing, you know, from hearing of all the holdouts and all this negative stuff and, uh, you know, everybody wanting all this uh, X amount of dollars to to play in the biggest contract here and there and uh, watching these guys uh, fight and uh, bust their hind end, uh, really playing hard to just make the team, for me, has, has been really refreshing. I'm an old school guy. I know. I understand. It's you know to some it's a it's a business. To me, it's still a game. I, I understand you want to you know you put in that much time. You got to make a living. I I don't disagree. But you know the way the, a lot of these guys going about it, having to uh, you know just want to be you know the highest paid player here and there. And, you know, some of them holding out before the contract's even over. You know, I, I firmly believe you've got to play uh, your contract out. And, I mean, here in the real world, um, you go to work and, and you sign the contract to make X amount of dollars. And, um, you know, that's just the way it is. You go in and say, well, I don't want, I want more money or, or I'm not coming back. And most of them are going to say, see you. <clears throat> you know, that's the way it happens here in the real world. So, to see these uh, younger guys um, going at it has been just really uh, refreshing to me. Uh, you know, I've seen a, a thing on Antonio Brown, you know, filing a grievance uh, against the NFL where he couldn't wear the same helmet uh, he's wore for the last 10 years. It, you know, I, I just can't imagine with all the technology that, you know, we have today that, uh, you know, the patent is what really matters in those helmets. When I mean, we've got helmets here that Jennifer's wore each different years or whatever, and, and, you know, I've seen a lot of these girls with the updates on them, and, 
and this, that, and the other, and, and with, you know, each each year helmet comes out, or each two or three years, you know, it, it, the padding and all that is updated, and, you know, got these concussion parts in them and all that. I just can't imagine with all the technology and stuff today that they don't have a, uh, you know, way to upgrade the helmet to the status of, you know, where everybody else is. I'm not an Antonio Brown fan at all. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, I don't really, you know, understand. I'm sure they can get him a helmet just like he's got now. I just, you know, don't understand why they couldn't uh, get it up to par. Um, I'm, I'm sure they're saying over a period of time those helmets are plastic and hard plastic and they might crack or something. I, I don't know, but the inside of it is is the most important part, and face mask and stuff of that nature. So I just can't imagine, you know, with all the technology and the money, especially the NFL had, that uh, we we can't get a uh, helmet upgraded to to fast protocol. But you know, here's there again. I'm I'm just a you know a small frog in a big pond sitting here at home. Uh, talking about it, and you know, they'll they'll lose more money on fighting something like that than most people that work on the job make in a year. You know, so uh, not that I even really care. It's just you know, I find it petty for both of them that they can't uh, figure out or come to an agreement on it. But uh, it is what it is. But I am just I can't say enough of how happy and and. Uh, tickled I am to be watching these guys just trying to make these teams play and it just you know I wish we seen that every Sunday when the NFL uh, had games I mean I know we see some good play but you know throughout the week you hear them talk about this player taking off and this player can't play this many plays and you know some of them just you know um, taking plays off and that kind of stuff, and, you know, I, I see these guys that are fighting their butts off, and I'm thinking, shoot, why not give them a chance, you know? And, and uh, So I've, I've been tickled to death to watch it. Now, I haven't got to watch a bunch. I mean, just beat bits and pieces here and there. Um, you know, like we had our um, team in uh, season party uh, this weekend at my brother's house, and uh, had a, uh, uh, he's got a nice pool, and uh, we watched uh, football, had us a big time, and, you know, that stuff. So that's where I actually, you know, got to see the biggest part of it. Uh, we just watched a little here and there, and we're just, you know, we're just geared up to, to get football going again around here uh, for high school and, you know, college. Uh, a lot of people really, you know, like the pro game. Uh, we try to watch when we can, but, you know, it ain't – it ain't very far, I think maybe 17 or 18 days uh, before we have our first uh, tryout for our, uh, for the Tri-Cities Thunder. So, it's you know, it's not very far far off at all. And uh, we're, we're super excited about that. You know, with, with this past uh, Saturday, we sort of uh, put our 2019 season to the end. Had our, uh, like I said, our theme party for the year and um, had a decent turnout for it. Had well, pretty much had most people there. Uh, I was, you know, excited 
know that we can all pretty much come together uh, as one. Uh, you know, I still hate that you, you lose one or two that don't show up. I'm, I'm all about winning as one and losing as one, and, and everybody, uh, you know, contributes. That's that's the way you you win football games. That's the way you win as an organization. So uh, we we got the most, the biggest majority there. Uh, we got some things accomplished, and uh, uh, we're ready to, you know, order order some rings and, and put this season behind us and, and get started for the 2020 season. Uh, but before we move on, uh, I do, I know a lot of times I may have said, but, uh, I, you know, I'm not very good at, at uh, remembering stuff unless I write it down. And I do want to thank uh, the following people uh, for supporting and sponsoring our our team this year. And and one would be Crossstone Insurance Company here in Piney Flats, Tennessee, Uh, Chili's Restaurant in Johnson City, Tennessee, Uh, O'Charlie's Steakery of Abingdon, Virginia, and uh, ELM Trucking out of Dallas, Texas. Uh, Those were four major sponsors for our team this year. I really do uh, want to thank them and appreciate them uh, for all that they did and helped. And, you know, it, it's hard to get people to to buy in and, and help help teams. And uh, so many have come along and run it before us. And, you know, to get these people to come out and help us, sponsor us, and, and do things. I, I really appreciate words can't say how much. You know, we appreciate it. And, uh, and uh, all the girls as well. So uh, we do have uh, also uh, we're going to talk about uh, we're talk about the help. You know, I, I have I have said it a lot of times that uh, man, there's I got a list of help wrote down here, and people don't understand. And I'm probably going to leave some off that you can't you can't pull these games off without all this help and you know first and foremost Wendy Sweeney and family um, she did a lot for us this year as far as a lot of contacts her family <laughs> showing up uh, doing doing lots of things uh, you know I can't say enough for her Kevin Gregory and his family he, he announced all the games and his daughter uh, come and helped him with uh, spotting the uh, players and Things of that nature. Kevin does a good job. And, uh, been a longtime friend for uh, 30 years, probably, and uh, really appreciate him. Amy Buto, she did all of our filming this year, uh, every single game. Uh, did a great job. Uh, Lori Boer, she worked the gates for us. Again, Lori's a longtime friend. I probably knew her for 30 or 35 years. <laughs> She's helped us several years with this team and uh so then the, the Puckett family, uh Lake and Puckett, she's a, a sports trainer. Uh she made most of the games for us. Uh then we got Steve Evans, Davion Smith, Josh Knight. Uh, they were uh helped pretty much for the team all year. Sidelines doing whatever, you know, work the chains. Uh, Pictures, water, setting things up, 
all that stuff, you know, helping them practice. I mean, there's just so much goes on. A lot of people just take for granted. And, and then when you go to these other places, you see why, you know, we're so fortunate to have all these people because they don't have anybody, nothing's ready, the, no locker rooms, nothing. There's nobody did any hard work. It's because it takes all these people, no announcers, you know, no nothing. So it it, uh, it takes a lot to, to pull this off. So uh, the East High School and the whole staff, Andy Hare, uh, Coach Dyer, uh, Coach Locke, uh, the doc guy, the trainer, uh, the high, the East band for opening up the concessions. Uh, you know, this go, list goes on and on with, with them. They really, really helped us out a lot this year. Uh, the Unicorn County high school man for coming and, and playing. Um, one of our players, Junior Gingelsberger, teaches there, and uh, they the, she's got them the past couple, two or three years, and it's been a great, great uh, uh, thing. I, I'm really uh, thank you enough of, you know, sort of making it like a, a Friday night atmosphere with them there playing, and they do a great job. Uh, Sylvan East ROTC, uh, for presenting the colors uh, during the game. Uh, Rhonda Gwynn, my stepsister, she came and sang the national anthem for uh, one of the championship games. Steph Evans sang uh, the national anthem for one of the championship games and the all-star game. Uh, all the players, all the coaches, our coach, um, coaches, um, you know, their families, I mean, it, you know, it, we listen. There's there's a lots of these girls that have families and and kids, and, and everybody just jumps in there and and helps to uh, you know the best best they can. And you know, if I had to let anybody out, I'm sorry, not on purpose. Uh, it's just hard. I wrote wrote down everybody that I could, and and everybody really that had a hand in, in helping the Thunder through the 2019 season. I mean, there were several people that, uh, when we had a, a fundraiser, really went over and above and beyond. Uh, several people that made every home game. Um, you know, like I said, there's so many people that get involved, and it takes so much that people um, have no idea if you do things right what it takes to, to pull this kind of kind of thing off. And, you know, we we've uh, pride ourselves on trying to do that. And like I say, when you when you do things right, you you got a list to pay uh, a whole list down through there of people that you have to thank uh, for the help. You know, going the extra mile and donating their time, you know, the people that work the chains uh, stuff like that. Uh you know, there's just so much that I can't, you know, even tell you uh, how much we appreciate everybody. Some of these people I didn't even know. So, so anyway, I appreciate everybody uh, listening and uh, helping. Uh, they say my phone's cracking a little bit. I'm sorry for that. I don't know if we've had some bad weather here or what the uh, case may be, but uh, I do appreciate all the help. So uh, we're trying to move on for 2020, and 
put the 2019 season to rest. I know we won't forget it. Uh, you know, when you have an amazing season, a lot of great players, a lot of good things happen along the way. You never forget it. It's, you know, you just you have to move on and and uh, get ready for the next year. So it's you know it's that that time. So uh, I do appreciate all the help and everybody. I think that uh, we got Amanda Harvey on the line wanting to do some talking, maybe have some questions and stuff for us tonight. By the Amanda, you there? I'm here. How are you, Coach? Oh, I'm doing good. How about you? I can't complain. Well, that's good. So one of the questions I was going to talk huh? Go ahead. What do you got for us tonight? I was going to say one of the questions I had was on this Antonio Brown situation with the helmet. Because from my understanding, I thought helmets had to be certified and all that stuff. What's the take on that? Can he even play with that helmet? Or is it like kind of out of date kind of thing or you know what's up with that well they're, they're saying that you know i the what with what i gather i there there is a um a ruling that after a certain amount of, of years and i i think it's 10 i could be wrong jennifer may know and tell me if she knows uh exactly but i think it's 10 years that a helmet is good for um, like when you get it it'll say the date it was made <clears throat> and the year and from that year date, it is uh, it is 10 I was just messing told it is 10 so uh, 10 <laughs> in 10 years I presume that the uh, whatever they take to make these helmets probably is not as stout or I don't know what it what it would basically be. It's some kind of safety issue, but for me, if 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 I take you out here, now we've had all kinds of helmets here. You know that, and I've painted in a bunch and took a bunch of them apart and this that and other. And I've had older helmets and newer helmets, and you take them apart and they all look the same. But for me, what makes them different is the padding in them. You know. Like a newer helmet has a lot of upgraded cushioning, padding. Like you can tell that it's made for more of an impact than the older stuff was. So my thing is, is you know, if his helmet, even if his helmet is is past the ten year limit or whatever the NFLs may be, uh, they they should be able to put, I would think, upgrade the padding in it to where it would still. Past protocol, I, I, that's hard for me to believe that it that it's not. You know, I just really can't understand it not it not being uh, being able to pass if they upgrade the pad. Now there's there's uh, you know like college. I'll say this like I watch uh, Ohio State. Just about every helmet their team has is the concussion helmet. Now I don't know if you know what that is or not. But it's it's got like a an opening and a flap right on the top, right before the center, but on top of the crown of it, that it 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 lets the impact the pressure out. You know, like when you hit the ground, all that pressure is surrounded by your head and holds in. Well, that yeah. that compress that compression gets out of that helmet, 
that's what it that's exactly what it is to let that pressure out and uh, those are uh concussion protocol helmets now some of them have air in them you know where you can pump them up some of them don't i just you know you can about change any of them, any of the face mask on them uh you can about change any of the padding inside of them if if you have all the stuff to do it i'm sure those guys have, you know, anything at their dispense. So, for me, I, I can't believe that they can't come to some kind of agreement on this helmet. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking on it. It's like, it, it, with all the technology and the money and the patents and everything, you know, if he's, if he's so bent on wearing this shut helmet, which I had one that was an XL and he's actually put a post out wanting to buy a, a large. So anybody listening, if you got a large shut helmet made in 2010, hit him up because he's wanting to buy it. But he, uh, you know, I wore it my first year, and it was a little bit too big, so I had to pump the air up in it a little bit. But it still fit okay. But now I've got a Zenith, and it it's a large, and it fits a lot better. But I don't, as far as the vision part, you know, that he's, kind of gripping about I don't, I don't really see much of a difference on it and i i mean i guess i'm just not a you know a receiver that has to look like that or, or whatever but I, I just figure that they could change it up in some way but you know this is a how many wars rookie year and i see the sentimental value in it but at the same time if he's a skilled player then he should learn how to you know look through a new a new vision you know trying to find his new vision path well, I'll say this. I know Jennifer, over the years, she's played. She's wore three different kinds of helmets. She wore a bike the very first year we got in at a, at a place in Chattanooga, uh, U-Sports Place. It was a really nice helmet. Uh, she wore it the first year. Uh, and then, you know, she didn't really like it. But, you know, on the spur of the moment and, and things, we couldn't find anything any cheaper that fit her best, better. Uh, then the next year, uh, we did find her a shut, and she wore it and was really, really sold on it. She actually sold her other helmet to a girl that played on the team years ago, and uh, she wore it for a year. But she she liked those shuts helmets real good, too, and uh, until she, she went to that uh, camp in Florida, and they let them wear Riddell. I call them Riddell's. Well, however they say it, Rydell helmets, and uh, then she came home and and got one of them, and she's wore one of them the last several years. Now, there's a huge difference between all three of those helmets that I told you about, between the bike, the shuts, and the Rydell. I'm here to tell you there is a ton of difference in all of them. None of the parts inside of them will will interchange or anything. The the Rydells have a a special kind of earpiece in them. Uh, the earpieces cost a fortune in them things. Uh, and I think it may be the kind you can blow up. I know the, the earpieces are. Um, so, you know, and I, I've heard Danny. Danny plays receiver on our team. Um, well, you know what's odd is she's, the helmet she wears has a bar in the center, like, like what linemen wear. And uh, she wears it with that bar. And two two years ago, I guess, everybody talked her into 
oh, you should get rid of that bar, you should get rid of that bar. So I had a helmet here that didn't have a bar in it that had an open face mask, and she wanted me to change it out. Well, I took it to her, and when practice, she wore it and said, I can't do it. I, I like that bar being in it, you know, and, and I had to go and change it back to put the bar in it. So, I mean, from from that standpoint, I understand, you know, that, that if he likes that. I haven't even heard the whole deal. You tell me that, you know, him being able to see all of This is the first I heard. I just seen it on the TV about him filing that grievance about the helmet. I mean, I understand, um, you know, having something that fits and comfortable and being able to see, like, I, I watch a lot of you girls, and a lot of you, when you turn the helmet, uh, sort of takes your peripheral vision away. You know, maybe that's something he's talking about. Maybe the shut comes further back toward the, you know, the back of his eyes more, where it helps his peripheral. I don't I don't know. You know, and I don't even know, you know, what uh, official helmet is of the NFL. Uh, I don't know if that's something uh, else, you know, that they – uh, have a deal going on you can't wear it with them. But, I mean, if, if it's a comfort thing and if it's, you know, being able to see and all that, I, I would understand that more than just to send them part. Well, Bobby did some research on it because, you know, he's a little bit more sports enthused with the pros and everything. And he said that uh, – a lot of receivers used that helmet back all the way up until 2014. Then they moved on to more advanced, but he just refused. And then um, he just told me something else. Bobby, come here. He just told me something else about that the real the reason that he had it, that he was wanting to keep it, was it's just it's the same helmet that he had his rookie year. And the third party that certifies it still says it's a safe helmet, but his is from 2009, and they won't certify it. So, because it's more than 10 years old, that's the only requirement that it's not meeting. Right. Well, like I said again, I mean, I know that when they when they make these, I mean, here's what I, here's what I guess I'm I'm getting at is they're they're saying pretty much that. You take you if we take a helmet right here that's ten years old, we take a helmet that's five years old, and we take the helmet that's one year old, and we set them right here on the stump, and we take a hammer to them. They're going they're they're saying that this helmet that's ten years old is not is going to crack before those others. That's that's pretty much what they're saying that that the the life of it is gone after ten years. I I myself can't imagine that. I just, I just can't imagine, you know, it's like a, it's like a, a something that you get in your house if you put on a shelf that's plastic, hard plastic, in 30 years it's still just as hard as it was the day you bought it. You know, I just can't imagine that. It may be true. I'm no helmet expert. I mean, I guess they stamp them and do all that for a reason, probably because they've been sued and everything else. Um, but... I, I just, you know, with with all the money, with all the, uh, the the research they got, with the technology they have, with, you know, everything is at their dispense. I just can't believe they can't get that helmet to pass protocol. That's my biggest thing. And, you know, and if it's, um, you know, sentimental thing, I really don't understand that. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, 
that guy ain't got nothing sentimental to me, if you want to know the truth. If he did, he'd still be playing at the team that drafted him when they wanted him. So uh, I can't imagine it being sentimental. or I can't. I mean, I can imagine him saying that. I just I don't understand it if it's sentimental. But I can understand it more from uh, uh, being comfortable and being able to see better and fitting better. I mean, listen, I've, I've seen girls, uh, you know, we've got helmets here that are the same exact size and the same exact thing, and they don't fit the same. I mean, I, they put try one on and say, this one's bigger, that one's bigger, smaller, blah, 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 and, and they're just like, you know, they're all the uh, they're all the same, So, and they're not the same. So that from that standpoint, I just don't understand. Yeah, I mean, I can get some sentimental because you, you still got, you know, 300-pound linemen that get their grandmas to sew in pieces of their shirts to wear their Pop Warner shirt underneath, you know, for every game. So I can see sentimental and traditionals and all that stuff. But at the same time, this is, this is your head. This is where you're, you know, one of the most important organs of your body's at. So it seems to me that it, 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 you would do whatever it took to, to be the best, and, and that's something that, I kind of I kind of worry about with with our helmets, you know, because we, we usually buy them used because we're having to buy our own equipment, and to buy a new helmet they're pretty pricey, and so you know I just it, it with with women's football and us not having you know the the resources just to have new stuff here, what what's the protocol on our helmets and what you know what do we do to make sure that we're safe all the time? Well, I, I tell everybody and and. You know when they come, and uh, you know the first thing they need to have is is a is a good helmet. I mean, I've never really seen any concussions, or if if I've seen any, it's been where a girl has bounced her head off the ground because they don't know how to fall or or something. That I've never seen anybody get hit in women's football. Now it might have happened. I'm just saying for me personally, I've never seen anybody get hit hard enough to to give them a concussion in, in women's football. The speed's not there. The strength's not there. Nevertheless, I tell them all the time, you know, we're, we're all the time out here on the search for, for used helmets, and most of the time we find a bunch, and they're pretty much new. They've never even been wore. And, you know, the first thing we go to hunt for is the date they were made, you know. And, and so I want them to uh, – to have a helmet that you know that's within within a ten year window, uh, but you know some of these helmets you might get even a new one. I mean, you might go down here to a sports store and buy what you think is a brand new helmet. It's been sitting on the shelf for three or four years, um, and so if you buy a helmet and it don't have that date in it, or you know, so so many of these helmets been painted you know, two or three times here and there, and, and all it is is a sticker inside of it. Some of them are stamped, but a lot of them are just have a sticker stuck inside. So you don't know, but, you know, you can pretty much uh, look and see uh, what if a helmet's good or not or, or up to par. I mean, you, you can tell. Uh, I can by how old they look and, and what, the, what the insides of them are. That's that's what I can tell. 
I mean, I feel pretty safe in the one I've got, even though I know it was used uh, a couple seasons before me. And then also, you know, I bought it from a former player, that, a former teammate that uh, decided to hang it up. And I think I think this one that I've got, the, the Zenith, actually fits better. And it doesn't seem to move around as much, but it doesn't seem to come down as far down on my neck either. So I have, like, some mobility in my neck and I can look around. But going on safety and the pads and everything, what about the shoulder pads? Is there anything that maybe some new listeners, newcomers can learn from this? Is there certain, you know, criteria that you look for? Is there a certain time limit on those two? Because I know those take a lot of the brunt of the hits because nobody's out here just plowing heads into anybody. What about our shoulder pads? Yeah, to me, that's, you know, that's more important. And, and that's, a, honestly, that's something that's hard to find to fit women. Um, you know, women are made so much different than, than men. And, uh, you know, these shoulder pads are, it's a, it's a misconception. Listen, I, I'm telling you, I can show you or anybody listening that a set of big shoulder pads are made just like a set of little shoulder pads. The padding under them and the, the difference in the width and stuff like that make them bigger. Everybody thinks, oh, i got to wear this big set of shoulder pads, and, I, you know, I, that way I won't feel these hits. All that does is restrict you. you you got to find a good set of shoulder pads. that there, There's a break in, in them if you turn them up. There's a there's a pattern in them, and that ought to come right to where your arms uh, swivel up, uh, right up to about three inches off each side of your neck, and there's a break right there. Uh, and then you know some of them, uh, if you if you got the zenith, some of them they're most a lot of the zeniths are made for women. They cover their chest more. Uh, some of them do, some of them don't. You know, again. Jennifer wore a different set of shoulder pads when the first year she played. Uh, we couldn't find any that fit her really good. She, she wore some that just fit her somewhat decent. Then we went to uh, the IWFL championship game over in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and uh, we went to an academy, I believe, over there. may have been a Dix, one of the two, and they had some shoulder pads there and found a pair that fit her perfect, and she's been – uh, wearing them ever since. Now, basically, shoulder pads ain't going to wear out. I mean, you'll wear some straps out. Most of them you can replace. You'll wear some buckles. We'll get bent. The string in the front of them will get broken or, or wore. But, you know, for the, for the most part, I've, I've never seen shoulder pads go bad. I mean, the padding, I guess, you know, over a long period of time could. But, uh, you know, I don't think I think as long as they fit you good, that's that's the main thing I'm telling you. Is and it's hard to you know get everybody fit fit in them. A lot of shoulder pads uh, guys will have longer necks on them than than women, and these shoulder pads uh, set higher up on women than they do guys, and and that it's hard to find some that fit them just right. That their helmet don't restrict them from moving and. And that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, there's no, I'm not going to say, you know, any Pacific brand would be the best. It's just, you know, finding the right fit for you and, and knowing how they fit on you. And if you can move without being restricted, if you feel, you know, whatever you need to get protected uh, is protected. And, 
you know, you can raise your arms without, you know, having strength. Uh, I I think that's pretty much the most important thing on shoulder pads. During my first season, I actually just borrowed a set of, of man uh, shoulder pads from one of the players that she had actually upgraded and got a new set. And so I wore it, and I'm, you know, a bigger person, bigger bigger in the chest and the shoulders and everything. And so every time I bent over, I was having to pull my, my shoulder pads down. So I now have the Douglas brand that are female cut. And there is a world of difference in those to me. Uh, and, and just being more confident that they're going to sit still and not ride up as much. And, I mean, every now and again I'm, you know, pulling them down. But I'm more pulling my pants up than I am pulling my shoulder pads down this year. And so, you know, that, that made a world of difference to me, just having that confidence that they weren't going to ride up to where I was already choking myself out before I ever got touched by the first person. And a lot of times when, you know, we grab a hold of people, we'll grab their shoulder pads and start pushing back. And so that ends up, you know, the looser they are, the the less, you know, they fit, the the better off your opponent is because you've got, that leverage that you can actually just throw it into their into their throat and they really, you know, kind of lose a little bit because they're either not taking as much air or they're going, oh, man, what do I got to do to get this person out of my throat? And that was what I dealt with my first season because I played a lot of defense. And in the defense, I wasn't so much trying to, you know, I was trying to get by the people, but, you know, they were trying to grip me and just shove me back. So that really played a lot into the difference of my first season uh, when I did get to play, and then this sec- this season here, just simply because everything fit a little bit better, and yeah, we kind of threw together my uniform, you know, to to make it work, and the pants were kind of a little bit big, but at the same time, you know, it was a lot easier just pulling pants up every time I got into the huddle than it was having to readjust my shoulder pads. So I really think if if women are really looking into buying new shoulder pads, they should try on somebody's. Uh, Douglas brand that is the women's cut just simply because if you're going to pay $150 for a pair of pads, you know, look for something that's cut more for you. But I, I, I wish they would they would see us as a, you know, as a, a sponsorship opportunity, you know, and, and or at least, you know, discounts or something because we are trying to get out here and play. And even in the lingerie bowl, they have shoulder pads, but it doesn't cover their chest. And so, you know, these are specifically made for our league and for us and for you know, everybody across the United States, but they're still $159, $160, depending on, you know, shipping and all that stuff. So, but I really like those. And Bobby had a question for you that he wants to ask you. Hang on just a second. He's eating dinner, so. Well, uh, I'm going to talk to you about them, them shoulder pads, them, them women's shoulder pads now. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, she she's a bigger chested girl too, and she she don't like them shoulder pads at all. Uh, that that's why I say somebody you need to try on a bunch. Uh, but I know mm-hmm. a lot of people do, and I know a lot of people that don't. And you know, it, it's a preference. You know what I'm saying? Um, she yeah. wouldn't wear a pair of them. Period. She's tried several on. Uh, they don't fit her at all. Uh, these shoulder pads, I think she's got her shuts. And, uh, you know, I told her, you know, well, it's probably last year, I said, you might, you ought to get another set of shoulder pads. 
she says, I can't find any that fit like these, you know. And when you look at them, all that's wore on them is the straps or the buckles, and they're not wore out. And then she's had them for, wore them for like the last four years. So, you know, it really, as long as they fit and they're, they're not tearing up or, you know, they're still uh, safe for you to wear, it, it doesn't matter what kind what kind you wear, if they fit or not. Because I see so many uh, girls wearing shoulder pads that don't fit. And here's the thing. It's way better to wear them that are a little small than it is a little big. Now, I know people think that bigger is better, more protection. It, it's no more protection. It just uh, binds you up more than it does uh, to wear these smaller ones. Uh, I'm, I know I've did it myself. I've tried a boat load of shoulder pads on, and uh, over the years, and and you think them big and help you, they don't. They just restrict you, and especially if you play receiver or running back or quarterback or you know defensive back somewhere in there where you really move your arms a lot. You better find some that really, really fits you. So uh, that's that's my thing on that. And it's helmets too. Uh, it's finding a helmet that that fits you. I mean, it don't matter what kind it is. If it's a Zenith, if it's a Shuts, if it's Rydell, or you know, even uh, uh, Spalding. Spalding makes a pretty nice helmet. Uh, they're 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 uh, not near as expensive, and they make a pretty nice helmet. Uh, there's several different kinds you can make, and and a lot of it is just how it fits you and how you can see out of it, you know. And and that's the thing people don't understand. You're you know you're restricted when you put on all this stuff anyway, and having to wear it on these really hot days or really cold days when we have to practice, you know, that's the thing. Getting it on, uh, getting it off. Uh, you know, in the hot weather, how's it going to feel? You know, in the cold weather, how's it going to feel? And finding one that's just right and finding your shoulder pads that are just right to me, those, those are the two key things is making sure that uh, they fit and that, that you really like them. So, uh, to me, uh, you know, and make sure they're, you know, they're not plumb outdated. I mean, a 10-year-old helmet's a pretty old helmet. You stop and think about it. I mean, that, that's that's a lot of age on one. I mean, I'd say his helmet in ten years, speaking of Antonio Brown's, took a lot of abuse. Yeah, um, and it's also you know about how much it's used in that ten year span too. So like, you know, if you're if you're like I was my first year, or Antonio Brown was last year, you know, you didn't take any hits. I didn't take any hits last year either. Because uh, you know we had Jordan and everything, so a lot of that is going to be based on on the player and how they feel. And I do, I, I think the ten year rule is is pretty good because you got to think about it again. Like I said, this is this is your head. It's got your brain. It's got your eyes. It's how you communicate with the world, you know. And so it's it's very vital to to protect that in, in a contact sport like this and not take it lightly. And that's something that I've all you know I've I've had a knee injury, but other than that, I'm, I've not really cramped up. I've not really had a shoulder or, or anything. I've popped my wrist a couple of times, you know, hitting and just hitting wrong or something. But as far as all-out injuries, I've been very lucky. But it's also because I try to, you know, make sure I know where everybody's at and I kind of keep my head on a swivel. And, and I do like my helmet 
And I, and I think that is very important for everybody to, you know, find a helmet and find a shoulder pads that fit and work together. Because my first year, everything was pretty much just kind of thrown together because, you know, financially speaking, it it's hard to start off as a as a self-paid, you know, paid player because you're having to buy everything. I mean, all the way down to, you know, socks are $10 a pair if you want to get some that go all the way up to your knees like I like. So, you know, it's little things like that that you, that you – don't think about until you get into it, and then you're like, oh, $160 for brand new pads, three up to $300 for, you know, a new helmet, and and used is the way to go. But you you know, try on a bunch. That's that's pretty much what I did. As anybody that was at practice but wasn't practicing, I just put on their gear and and see if it fit. And if it fit, it you know, I'd wear it. If it didn't, then you know, I'd lay it down and I'd just do what I could until we finally got a you know an extra set and she let me uh use her shoulder pads all year and then I bought a helmet. The helmet wasn't really right for me. I didn't think that was the shut helmet, but it I could pump it up and, and I felt comfortable in it enough that if I got hit I did I did have a slight concussion from practice. I bounced my head off of the ground, just like you said, but just hitting somebody I I'm not had any kind of uh, you know, bad injuries that and I think it's because of just finding the, the right stuff. I do prefer the, the women's pads, but, you know, I'm built different than, you know, the next person. And But, you know, trial and everything is, is a, definitely the, the best advice for shoulder pads and everything. Well, I'm going to tell you, you know, we're, we're getting ready to have uh, this trial in, I think, 18 days or what, whatever it is. And, um, you know, we're going to have, I mean, already uh, we've had some, Girls contact us that you know that have never played. Um, I'm sure that uh, you know they don't have any equipment. I mean, like Anna, you know, Anna uh, says she's going to play this year. Um, she's she's never played, and uh, Jennifer's always out here, like I said, hunting uh, pads and stuff. She ran across somewhere and bought a humongous. A uh, bunch of cleats of all different sizes, and uh, you know she just happened to have a size that Anna could wear. Uh, she'd run across some helmets somewhere, uh, brand new. They're within the date. Never even been wore. I mean, they've been skinned up just by being, you know, towed around a little bit. But a helmet we got in a fitter, uh, some shoulder pads that uh, they're not brand new, but they're pretty new. Just need some buckles on. Somebody's robbed the buckles, you know, and, and all this year, uh, Jennifer's, you know, Anna's going to get in gear for about 50 bucks, you know, and pretty much with the cleats were brand new, the helmets brand new, and the shoulder pads were practically brand new. Uh, so, you know, we, we try to do a lot of that stuff to, you know, we're not making anything on it. We're just, you know, whatever Jennifer gets bought for is what we you know, let these girls and stuff have it for just so they can get equipment because, you know, Anna's getting ready to, she's young, she's getting ready to start college. Um, she, you know, can't afford to pay their $400. And, and, you know, we got another young girl that's still in high school that uh, messaged tonight that's interested, doesn't even have a car. I'm sure, you know, she probably can't afford to, pay three or four hundred dollars for a bunch of equipment you know hopefully we might have some that'll fit her or somebody might have that you know we can get her in um so you're you're exactly right i mean 
you you take these people and and you know not everybody um, has a has a great job or, or you know or, or is in great financial shape to just you know throw four or five hundred down for for new equipment right off the bat you know so you're right to be able to you know it's tough you know and sometimes you, you know you got to you know like you wear the helmet till you can get something a little better but you know if you can if you can afford it and you know i i firmly recommend trying everything on to you know it fits you the very best and i want to get back to this uh this light concussion this what i said it's hitting their head off the ground i've seen it over and over and over me and mike have mike wallace have talked about it boatloads of time is is these you take guys if we go one night somewhere, I want us all to go as we can to a high school game and watch high school sports. And I want you to watch how these guys, when they fall, how they fall. And they know how to fall. And when you watch women fall, they don't know how to fall. And every time I've seen somebody uh, get a concussion or like concussion, it's come from their head bouncing off the ground. Yeah, that's exactly what happened with me. We were I was, you know, lined up on an offensive side just as practice. They were they were running defensive drills and whatnot and you know, the girl I was going against, she's a really good player and had a lot of good stats and she uh you know, just kinda got me off balance, I guess. I guess I got my feet tangled up or something. I can't even actually remember exactly how it went down. I just know when I hit I bounced. And you know, I laid there for a few minutes, and then I just got up, and I said, I, you know, I'm done for the, the rest of practice. But my my best friend actually came to the national championship game, and that game I think I hit the ground more than I did the whole season. It was probably two or three times. And all she could say was she always looks like a turtle on her back when she, when she falls because that's the first thing I do is when I hit, I just roll to my back because then I can see where everybody else is coming from. And I don't know if it's, you know, just something I've had instilled in me or if it's, you know, proper way of falling. But, you know, if you can kind of ro- – I always got the tuck and roll effect when I, whenever I go to hit because I know how hard it is on, on knees and stuff just to drop down on them. And so, you know, if you if you can keep your head off the ground, tuck, you know, like tuck and, in a tuck and roll kind of situation, then it, you're less likely to bounce your head off the ground. But sometimes things happen so quick that you can't – you know, can't control it. So – having the good equipment is going to help, you know, keep from serious injuries. But, you know, if you have faulty equipment, then that's that's going to lead you right into it. Yeah, when, when, I, when we're talking about watching these people fall, every time I've seen them, it's been when they land on their butt, their back, and the next thing that bounces is their head. Uh, and when, you know, I don't know if it's, something that you learn over the years or what, but I'm telling you, I've seen it from from several players throughout the years, and me and Mike watch it, you know, and talk about it. Hey, man, we just figure out it's a a common thing. That's what happens. The the butt hits, the back hits, and then the head bounces. But when you watch guys play, you don't don't see that. I think they have more upper body control maybe uh, with their head or neck or more awareness to, uh, you know, to really 
fight to maybe land on their side or maybe land on their front. You know what I'm saying? Um, know where you are as far as what you can do with your body. And a lot of it, hey, a lot of it could have to do with the with the way women are built different up top. I don't know, you know, and don't have the answer, but when uh, any time I've seen it happen, that's been the way it happens. The back of the helmet bounces off the ground. Um, and I've seen some of them hit, and you see them bounce their head, and, then, you know, it didn't hurt them at all. You know, maybe it's just exactly the position you land on it. And I've seen some of them, you know, they uh, see a few stars. And, and so, I mean, it's it's something, you know, I mean, we can talk about equipment till we're blue in the face, and you're going to get people that, you know, if we if we polled 20 people tonight, we'd probably get 20 different opinions and 20 different ideas. And, and, you know, it's like ropes, you know, that we team rope with. They make, I don't know, there's probably, right now, there's probably 10 or 20 different names of ropes you can buy. And, uh, you know, there's one that's at the top of the line. It actually feels better than the rest of them. But it actually costs more than the rest of them. Then there's others that feel almost as good, and it's not near as expensive. You know, then there's some that don't feel near as good as that, but are cheaper than that. And it's on down the line, and it's basically what you can afford that will work for you, you know. And, yeah, if if you can afford the best, why not get the best? If You know, if the next level is what you can afford, you know, it's what you do. It's just like buying a car. And, and so that's the way it is with, with equipment and, and anything, and footballs, I mean, you know, you look at, we've had the best brand of footballs throughout the years that that you can get. I mean, I've spent a fortune on footballs, more so this year because they left 10 somewhere. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, I've, we've had the best footballs over the years you can buy, and that don't mean that they were better. That don't mean that the, the quarterbacks or receivers or whoever likes them better. It's a feel that fits them, you know, and it may be the cheapest ball you can get. So, you know, a lot of that stuff, just because it is more expensive, don't make it better. A lot of it is feel, you know, like I said, you you like those Douglas pads. I know a lot of people that do. I know a lot of people that don't. I know the pads we got for Jennifer were cheap, cheap when we bought them years ago. They were on sale or something, and she literally loves them. So it's more of what you you know what you like that you can really uh, get used to, and and what you can afford, and and you know things of, of that nature. So we could you know go on and on uh, about that. Uh, I know it's a good topic to talk about because we're getting ready to kick off again <laughs> not too long and. Uh, you know, we're like I said, we're gonna to have to find a lot of these girls some some equipment. So uh, anyway, did did Bobby have a question for me? Yeah, he's walked off right now, but he wants to know if you've ever played a, a fantasy football league or anything like that before. If I've ever played a fantasy football. Yeah, like if you've ever participated in an NFL fantasy football league. Yeah, you know, you know what I, I did, and I had. The year that uh, Tom Brady and Randy Moss played for the Pats, I had both of them on my team, and uh, I blew everybody away. I had the best 
uh, uh, I had the best fantasy team I'm telling you could ever be. And somehow in the league that I was in, the week, the only game that I lost was the week that Tom Brady had to uh, take off. And I'm telling you, I blew everybody else away. And Jennifer will tell you. And somehow they screwed me out even uh, making the playoffs. And I I got uh, pretty disgusted and hadn't played it since. Uh, Jennifer's has played a lot. But, but I'm going to tell you, um, this year we've been contacted by somebody, and I don't know if they've got it done yet or exactly how they're going to do it, but uh, they're trying to get a fantasy football going with women. Um, you know, so – Definitely, that'd be something for, you know, Bobby. I know he's a big sports fan, him and Davion and, and those kind of guys, they, they they love it all, all that stuff. And uh, that'd be something great for them to uh, keep up with and get into if they ever uh, get it finalized. Yeah, I thought you'd mentioned something about the, that when we had lunch one day, but I, I'm I'm not a big fantasy football fan just simply because I think I think it takes away from the team itself and you get more, you know, single player, like I don't care if this team loses as long as my guy does what he's supposed to do. And, you know, at that point it's it's kinda like why you know, why do you even watch football then? You know, because if the team's not winning and the team's not doing what they're supposed to do, why you know, why do you care if this one guy actually, you know, showed up to work today? So I've never been a real fan of it but it's it's something that, you know, would be really cool for women's football, if nothing else, just to get a bigger fan base, you know, because that would be people would uh, show up to the games. They would maybe let find, you know, find the live podcast of them and, and that kind of stuff. So that would, that would be really interesting just to see how, how it was played out, you know, how you got your stats and how you got to watch games. Cause I know, you know, you're going to pick, get to pick players from all over just like in, in fantasy. So, you're not going to be able to drive to Vegas to see one of those teams play, or you're not going to drive, you know, all the way to, uh, you know, New England and watch that, watch one of those teams play. But, you know, that's kind of where I'm interested in just to see how it promotes our league, you know, and, and all the leagues, you know, just women's football in general. I, that's kind of what I'm interested in, see how they actually promote it. Right. Well, I want to say one thing about the NFL fantasy. I'm not a fan of it either. Um, I was – just talked into playing in this league. I don't know. I think me and Jennifer both got in it. I, I'm not a fan of it at all. I actually can't stand it uh, because, first and foremost, like you say, I mean, if you can't get, you know, like when Jennifer played, she if she she was Peyton Manning fan, if she didn't get Peyton Manning, then she's pretty much done because anybody that played Peyton Manning, she, she'd care less about her fantasy team because she wanted them to win. Uh, you know, so most of the people that play fantasy, I don't think really care about the teams. You're right. They just care about their, their own little team. And, and, you know, I'm not a, uh, too much of a fan of that. Now, probably what's going to happen with this women, I don't know. Jennifer's talked to this lady. I have not. Um, but I'd imagine what's going to happen is probably they're going to, uh, definitely going to have to, you know, they're going to put a draft up there. I'll just say, for instance, we'll just use, uh, you know, our players. We'll say, you know, quarter. we'll send a quarterback to the draft. We'll send three running backs to the draft. And the, 
receivers and, and you know, maybe uh, our defense or whatever the case may be. And each, you know, and whenever they get drafted, it's going to be, uh, you know, who, who can, you know, they trust to really turn in these stats because, you know, it's all stat-based. Uh, every single thing about it is, is stat-based, you know. So that's, to me, um, I don't think it'll be that hard. Uh, what I think will be hard is finding teams that are, are willing to participate to really do their homework and their job of putting these stats up. And that's, you know, of course, we we do that anyway. But, you know, so many teams don't. I mean, you wouldn't be surprised of how many teams that don't even uh, turn in stats. You know, we do players of the week on here from our league, and so many of these teams don't even care about doing stats enough to try to get their players some awards, you know. So finding uh, – I don't think it's going to be – um, a difference in a, a league, really, of what league you're in. I, I think it's just going to be, you know, how serious the teams are to put those stats up and how, uh, you know, if if the uh, if whoever's doing the fantasy thing, you know, is willing to, you know, trust them because it, it's definitely going to be a challenge. Uh, yeah, and and the fantasy football, you know, it could go it could go anyway. It could be really great, and then again, it it may not work out because of those reasons. But also, you know, if you think about it, like Jennifer always posts our our team stats in our in our group chat, um, either after every game or ever so often or whatever uh, she has time for. And I think that really drives our team. To go, okay, well, I only got, you know, one tackle this game, so I'm definitely going to be trying to get three tackles the next game or, or whatever. So I think having your stats right there readily available definitely going to grow your team. It's definitely going to grow you as a player because you're going to see where areas that you're great at and see areas that you need a lot of work at. So maybe this will motivate the other teams that don't send in stats to actually, you know, get their stats together, get a, get somebody to help them out and be a statistician for them. And that, that's what it takes also is that sideline help that you were mentioning earlier. You know, with our team, we have we have a lot of people that help. And the team I played on before, we had, you know, we had a, several people that helped with that too. And they always made sure to have a statistician, you know, somebody there just on the sidelines taking down the stats, somebody that could write down the plays, how it went. And I think that works you know, as far as getting the stats, getting to know what you need to work on and everything, execution's always going to be a big part of everything. But, you know, if you don't know what you did in the last game, how are you going to get better? And that's the same thing with you going, you know, getting honest about watching the game film. Uh, if you can't see what you've done wrong, how do you know you're doing it wrong? And so maybe this will motivate once they see if there's a lot of interest, see that there's, you know, a lot of, a lot of players that are that are on it doing well and maybe even doing better than the year before. Or maybe each game they're getting better and better. Maybe this will help them see how important it is that this, you know, if you're wanting to see this as more than just a rec league, then you've got to put the time and effort into it. And that also takes your support people to do that too. I know if I was on defense and wanting to, you know, boost my tackles and everything, that's the first thing I do is to see what I did the last game. 
and then I would try to find those tackles to see what you know how how my stance was. Is there is there anything I could change on missed tackles? So I think this I think it could be good if if we use it as a tool as well as just a fun thing. But I'm hoping you know it'll also promote our league. It'll also promote our sport. And people can see that we're, you know, this is a serious thing and not just a Sunday backyard football game. Well, you take Clark this year. I mean, you know, had had our uh, had fantasy, women's fantasy football been going on and somebody would have had our defense, I mean, we give up a total of 18 points uh, all year. I'm, I'm not exactly sure of the stat, but I think we – forced 21 or 23 turnovers all year. Uh, you know, our turnover to uh, ratio was 23 or to 1 or something like that, which is, is unbelievable. I mean, we average, we only average giving up, I think, two points, two points all year. You know, so uh, our, the yard, I mean, there was three games that we never even gave up a first down. Uh, other than a penalty first down. So, you know, having our defense, you know, having the prodigy defense, uh, their stats were just as good. They only give up uh, six points, I think, all year. Uh, you know, and, and so their defense was just as good. So having somebody's defense like that is, is if you're, you know, on, on, you know, playing women's football can really help. And for me, you know, if if I'm if I was a girl on this team and I was on defense, and you know, knowing hey, uh, you know, everybody. For instance, you know, when you they have these drafts, you know, the quarterbacks they're always the most sought out people. And then you know, you'll have say like last year, I'm just going to say the Chicago Bears. They weren't the number one defense, but so the Chicago Bears was the number one sought after defense. You know, just think of how much pride that would be, you know, to say, hey, man, your your team is in the top five or whatever sought after defenses because of the, uh, the you know, the way you play. If I'm on that defense, it makes me that much hungrier to know that there's people out there fighting uh, to get me on their fantasy team because our defense is so good, you know. And the same way with, you know, if offense, you know, say – you know, they want to pick one of our running backs. And, you know, they say, oh, well, you know, our running backs had, I think, 10, 9, and 8 touchdowns apiece this year, 9, 8, 7, something to that effect. You know, that's a lot in women's football. Um, you know, it, it really is. And to to be that, you know, knowing – I mean, you can't listen. You can't play to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just playing for – this person because they picked me. But what I'm saying is it's just, you know, extra motivation, especially women's because you're not getting that big salary. I mean, those guys, NFL guys, they're getting a salary. They don't listen. They make millions whether they produce or not. Uh, You know, we want to produce. Our girls want to produce. And to know that somebody is, is really trying to get you on their fantasy team to me, it's just an extra motivation uh, for, you know, would want me to do better. Yeah, I completely agree with that because, you know, just, just having the people in the stands, you know, going from maybe having four or five people 
eight or ten people or whatever that show up at a at a game to having, you know, thirty, forty people show up at a game. That's a big difference. And and just just knowing you've got somebody there that's screaming your name, that's wanting you to do well and they you know, just because they know you or, you know, like my husband's at every game, my kids are at every game. So, you know, just just knowing that they're there and I can play for them, you know, play for me, but the team was motivation for me to try to do better because of how well the team was already doing. But having an outside entity that's saying, you know, man, I'd like to trade for Amanda, that that just kind of, it, it blow my mind, really. One, because I'm so new at the position and, and offense altogether, it just blow my mind that somebody's like, hey, I like her enough. I, I think she'll do well, you know, and add points to my game. So I, I completely... And from player stance, yes, that's that's definitely an ego booster just right there. It puts you in the level of, you know, now I have to produce because there's somebody else depending on it. And that's that was my motivation this year to, to just, you know, maintain, learn it is because of the other ten people that was on the sideline, you know, on the on the field with me, is that they all they all depended on me to do my job because if one person don't do theirs then, you know, the whole team could, could crumble at any point. So Motivation to have, you know, having people for you is definitely, you know, 100% it. And I and I, I really hope this fantasy football league kind of comes to, comes together just because we don't get played or paid. So this will give us something to kind of shoot for, other than you know the national championship ring, the All Star bid, and you know winning the All Star game and that kind of thing. Because I, I mean, I had a blast at the All Star game. The 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 girls that. You know, Keystone and, and the few from Fayetteville that showed up, you know, we all had a good time. And getting to know them, you ha- you have no other way to get really get to know them. And I don't really know hardly any of them's names. And I think this would be a better situation, other than social media, that you could get to know somebody. You'd really know what they did, where they're at. And then, and then when they do show up for your All-Star game, you can go over and go, hey, I've watched you through this fantasy league. And, and wow, the stats that you've put up. But otherwise, they're just, you know, a girl in a jersey. And so I think it could help boost the league a little bit more and make it a little more interesting for on everybody's account. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. Is here, here's here's goes back to what I said earlier. Is to me the diehard football fans are not fantasy football fans. Uh, fantasy football fans are people that just you care less that are pretty much computer people that that want to sit there on the computer and and they want to watch stats um but what fantasy football has did has brought a new wave of people to the game okay same thing for women this this is a great way to gain more exposure for the the women's game listen you, you don't think here I, I can't say it enough that whenever somebody figures out how to make money, and I mean really make money off of women's football, that's when it's going to blow out and be huge. One thing I will say to you is is there is no – right now there is one league of football, and that's women's football. There is no higher league. There's, they're trying to get one together that says they're going to pay people, and they might, I don't know. And if they do, then there will be two different levels of women football. But right now, you have different divisions in it, but there's only one level of women's football. Uh, This 
when when it can, and this new league, maybe they got what it takes. I don't know what if they do it. They just had a big tryout in in Las Vegas or uh, uh, combine. They call it. They're gonna have another one out there. Uh, says they got teams, thirty two teams spread out across the country. I don't understand it all. I, I haven't even looked at it, not paid much attention. I just seen a little bit tonight about it. Until you get enough exposure, until somebody that just has a bunch of money or a bunch of people with a bunch of money that are willing to take the chance, that are willing to take the risk, we're we're still going to be having this conversation. So, the more people you can get involved. I mean, by I mean, listen, they have Fantasy Football Hour on ESPN and all that, the NFL Network and all that. It's gotten so huge because they get a whole different view of people uh, to play it and to check on anybody. Anybody can play fantasy football. I mean, you can get on there and set your auto draft to draft you all the players, and it's going to draft you a pretty decent team. Uh, you don't even have to play it each week. I mean, just set a roster or, you know, whatever. I mean, it's easy. And it's gained a new audience for the NFL football. Uh, if they can figure it out for this women's, it'll gain a new audience for it. Now, it'll take some time, just like anything else, but it'll eventually gain some ground. And if it ever reaches the point where it gains ground in Vegas and where people can start betting and making money on it, that's when things will really turn around uh, for you to go playing women's football. Yeah, exactly. And and I was kind of asking, you know, in my I asked Bobby over here, you know, like where where is this league getting their money from? You know, where where if it's coming from sponsors, like where have these sponsors been? You know, for the last ten, fifteen years, when these women were trying to play and building the the league and all that stuff, so it's kind of like where did this all of a sudden come from? But at the same time, it feels like you know this is the milestone that everybody's been working towards, and. You know, once once people figure out that they can they can do the fantasy football league for women and then they can bet on it, that's you know, there's people that are just habitual betters that will just go and, you know, throw money on, on anything. But it's just like you know, where where did this come from? And I, I want I wanna, you know, I'd like to do the research and just find out, you know, where did this come from, how long has it been in place and, you know, where where did we decide to do this? But I was trying to follow a post on Facebook about the uh, the Vegas tryout or combine or whatever it was, and there really wasn't a whole lot of people talking much about it. A couple of people said that they they had tried to go and and couldn't, or you know, and that they had a couple of people, they knew a couple of people that went, and it was pretty good, but really didn't have any details about it. And so that's kind of what I'm digging in now is just to kind of get more detail about this because it's in such an infant stage for it. But, you know, like, where's the 32 teams? How You know, where do these – where's there enough girls coming from? When we're struggling to get more than, you know, 20 and and we end the season with 17 healthy, you know, how how are they going to fund and get 32 teams, you know, fully staffed? Because obviously you're you're going to be in the, in the upper 40s or 50s for your roster because you're going to want to have your first string, your second string, your offense, your defense, that kind of thing. Or is it – or are they going to play it like ours? So this this is kind of interesting to me just to see how it how it's built up where it's at 
And I'll tell you, if 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 it doesn't collide with our our season, I I definitely like to check out a game. Well, I just seen a little bit of it tonight. Jennifer was looking at it, and the, the lady on there's called the WFL. Hey, I believe it's what it is, and and they had a combine. Said they had like a hundred uh, participants show up. Um, they they have thirty two teams, but they're not right now. They're not all actual teams. They're still hunting for people to have teams. They're still uh, maybe going to take teams. I'm not saying us, for instance. So nobody take me for granted, but somebody that has a team, they could grandfather them in, and they could maybe use their whole team. Uh, the woman talking about it said she owned five teams. Uh, I don't know how that would work, uh, but nevertheless, she owns five teams. Um, they're going to have another combine. They're going to have uh, different combines across the country. She said from California to Florida. Um, they're going to... Uh, eventually have some drafts, not just one draft. They may have, she said, up to 10 drafts. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, you know, everybody's asking about the money. She sort of um, avoided that question about about that. Uh, she didn't talk much about it, just that they're trying to get these girls on a team, and, and some, some agent was out there wanting to, you know, represent some of these girls, and, at maybe some point, get them a multi-million-dollar contract. Um, to answer your question, there, there's a lot of girls in uh, women's football. Uh, the last I checked, there was like 100 or 112 or 15 women's teams in the United States and Canada. Uh, there, there's a lot of women's uh, football teams out there, and there's enough there's enough players to to probably fund to fill those teams, but I'm gonna tell you this: all these other teams that are available uh, right now, they're they're going to be hurting for players uh, if if this comes about and if it, you know, if they play during the same time we're going to play, and it's pretty much they have to. And I'm gonna tell you why: is because there's listen, the, the women are struggling to get audiences now. You sure can't play against college, high school, or pro football. So basically, it's going to be the same time of year that we're playing now, pretty much. Uh, I'm just speaking from what I guess. I don't know much about it other than what I heard uh, this woman say. I know years ago, or years ago, months ago, we seen them come out with this, and then they had that combine. Is the uh, first one I've heard them talk about. They got another one. I think she said October 19th or maybe somewhere in there uh, in Las Vegas as well. Uh, they had 100 at the last one. Uh, I think they already give some game balls or footballs out to some of the girls that, that they've already chose to make some of the teams. Just not real sure about all of it. I just, Jennifer was reading it there tonight, listening to it. I just sort of glanced over there. And, and you know, I have... You know, I have mixed emotions about it because, uh, you know, if it, if it works, great. I mean, listen, you know, but if if it don't work, it, it's a setback for all of us. You know, that everybody's trying to uh, trying to do. And listen, when you do things right, I'm gonna tell you something. Nobody likes to be held accountable anymore for nothing. 
And when you do things right, you get pulverized for it. Everybody wants to take the easy way out. Everybody wants to cheat and lie and, and steal for everything they can get. And when they uh, get caught, they don't want to take consequences. And when you hold people's feet to the fire and you make them do right, they don't like it. So uh, that's why teams move on. That's why players move on. Um, I just hope that this, these people know what they're doing. Uh, that they get it right, and I hope that, you know, that the thing is, here's the thing, that all the girls forever that have been wanting to be paid, a lot of them are going to be on the outside looking in. Those dreams are are going to be busted because there's a lot of really, really, really good players out there, and it'll take a long time for them to... Uh, to fill 32 teams, uh, you know, before they get 32 teams across the United States. So at some point, uh, you know, it, it could possibly happen. But I'm telling you, a lot of players, their dreams and, and hopes are going to be busted when when they're not good enough to make the state team. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, I never could – Imagine even going to a trial. I, I mean, I would go just to get the experience to see, you know, the better players. But, you know, with with my experience and my age and everything, I know that's going to play a, a part of it too is, you know, we've got now with, with the whole, you know, people being more accepted of women playing on men's teams, you know, like in high school and stuff, you've got more girls that are playing that are starting younger. Their knowledge is getting there a lot quicker than mine is. And so being, you know, that 18 to 23-year-old like most, you know, college and, and starting pro players, that's going to have an upper edge on some of them that are coming in at, you know, 37 to 42 like we have, you know, is is a very decent age to be playing women's football. So I think I think it'll eventually, t- you know, turn to where – it it could it could be good, but it, uh, also it's you know you got to still do the funding, you got to still get it going, and if you know it will co- probably co- collide with our our season. The WNBA doesn't play during the NBA season, or they might overlap a little bit because the seasons are so long. But they you know they're still I think the WNBA is still playing right now, so you got you got to find your market, and that's going to be kind of tough until everybody understands that this is real football. This is, you know, the real stuff. We're the real deal. We're out there with real talent, you know, and everything. That's when it's going to really blow up. But we've got to get the promotions. We've got to get the, you know, people out there. Like our team, you know, we've got 19 girls that all say they're coming back, plus a handful or two that say they want to, you know, join up or come back from previous years. It's just maintaining those and keeping them interested and, and making sure that, you know, life doesn't happen and they have to leave for whatever reason because we all know that, you know, that's going to happen. And like you said in the last conversation last week, it's your goal is to get 25 people on this team. You know, their goal is to get 32 teams with 25 to 40 people, I guess. I, I could imagine it being at least that many. And and to be able to, to get people in the stands to buy the merchandise and, and to fund it. So it's going to be a difficult thing, but I think it's if, if the right people do it, the right people do it the right way, then it, it can definitely take off. Well, I think here, here's my opinion. First of all, I want, to, I want to tell you this is the age right now is is like your age is not hurting you as far as 
is making that team. Right now, uh, the better players, uh, there's a handful of good young players, but the better players in women's football have age on them. Uh, and the, what's hurting a lot of players is the experience and the knowledge. Uh, I've, I've seen girls that have played on all the USA teams. I've seen them playing games. And they're they're no better than players that we've got. I've seen players that we got block them in in games. Um, so it's you know I look at like the Divas, all right, for instance, opportunities. You know they got a, a right tackle that plays. I don't know her name. Jennifer would know her name. She is a huge girl. I mean she looks like a right tackle of any league. And you know she's got like. 15 years experience or something, you know, and she's a big girl and she's in shape, you know, the opportunity to, to maybe not have to work. Maybe she does. I don't know. And I don't want to point at everybody what they do or don't, but a lot of them, you know, don't have to work or that is their work of working out and getting in shape, that opportunity and experience and knowledge. That's what most of these girls have on a lot of you girls is, is that very thing. Uh, they're they're basically I ain't gonna say they're better, but they're they're better knowledgeable and more experienced and the opportunity, you know, where you get up and go to work uh, every day, you know, they get up and go to the gym and work out, and maybe study plays or you know go to uh, you know watch film or just whatever. And I mean it it may be more like a job like it is in the NFL and and that uh, for me. Is is the biggest difference I see. I mean, you know, over over the years with this team, we won a championship with two different quarterbacks over our organization. Both of them were really good quarterbacks in their own in their own right. One of them has a huge arm, needs to work on the touch. One of them has a really good touch, needs to work on some, you know, her arm strength. Uh, but but they've only each only played a year each. You know, one uh, gets pregnant and has to set out, and, you know, so the other steps in and, and takes off. So, you know, what could both of those be if they have 10 years' experience on them? They might be the starters on one of these 32 teams we're talking. You know, that's how good they could be with the experience, you know, of, of knowing all these routes and knowing when to throw and what to do and blah, blah, blah situations. That's going to hold them down. So the opportunity, the experience, the knowledge, uh, that kind of stuff is, is, is what's going to hurt uh, most of our girls if they would ever try it is because so many of them don't have much experience. But uh, who knows? But Amanda, hey, I appreciate you calling in and talking and a lot of good subjects and a lot of good talk and, and all that. Who knows what we're going to cover next week with that outcome. Uh, but I do appreciate you calling in. And uh, talk hey. with me. Hey, thanks for letting me call in, Coach. I'll uh, see you in a, just a couple of weeks or so. Okay. You, uh, All right. you take care. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Know, uh, you know, a lot of good stuff tonight, and, uh, you know, it's a lot of good uh, use of things that to come, you know, it might happen. And, 
who knows which direction we're headed here. In women's football, there's a lot of different leagues starting, and everybody tells everybody something different. And, you know, I just hope that, uh, you know, everybody gets it right. So, anyway, uh, we'll, uh, who knows what we'll uncover in the next couple of weeks and talk about. Again, thank uh, J.C. Hawk Sports Network for uh, giving us this great opportunity to just get on here and blabber about women's football and football in general. So, uh, Phil, uh, next week or so, I'll talk to you then.